Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and curator. It's time. It's time for this episode. The episode everyone our favorite is episode looking of the for, year. <laughs> looking forward to. We're talking about our favorite books of 2020. And listen, I just have to say something. Sometimes we make mistakes on podcasts, and uh, we actually are recording this one for the second time. So we've really got these books <laughs> down now. <laughs> Now it is going to be streamlined. We are no no mistakes. It's going to be great. No, no mistakes <laughs> will be made. Um, but Mallory, but first, what are you reading, Brea? I am reading. Um, I am reading Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. Uh, because, First Sword and Laser. Yes, because I am co-hosting in December. A friend of the podcast, podcast friend of the podcast. Uh, uh, our, our 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 podcast pals, podcast pals over at the Sword and Laser. Um, if you haven't listened to that show, I and you like this show, I definitely suggest you lish, listen to it. it. They cover all sorts of sci-fi, fantasy news updates, and then they do um, a book club every month. Uh, and it kind of goes back and forth between swords and lasers, uh, <laughs> sci-fi and fantasy. And um, this is a book that I haven't read in 15, 20 years. And I always think of it as one of my favorite books, a book that I, got me into apocalyptic journeys, uh, book, a book that really fits in my wheelhouse. Um, Your gateway drug to apocalypses. But I haven't read it in a long time. So, so it's, it's kind of, it is a journey for me where I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, do I still like uh, this book as much as I think I do. Um, I'm maybe 20% of the way through through with it. I It is a lot of what I remember. It is really well written. Um, it's about a girl who lives in a, an apocalyptic um, California. Um, and um, there's no, there's not very much money. There's not very much water. There's a drug out that makes people want to catch things on fire, which I totally forgot about that aspect of the book. Um, and, uh, but no one can put out the fires because water is so expensive. Um, there's still a government. There's still like people still have jobs, but things are looking very grim. Um, according to uh, the Sword and Laser has um, uh, a Goodreads chat. And according to people in the chat, some people are like, oh, this is a little too close to home. The president's name, President Donner, <laughs> which I had forgotten Yikes. about. Um, and, uh, has a, some, some similarities to Trump. Um, and they talk a lot they, and, uh, they talk a lot about politics in the book, um, what's happening on the national level, but also what's happening on the local level. So, I mean, I don't know, in some ways it's a little close to home. In some ways it's a book about rebuilding. It's a book about, um, this girl who kind of comes up with her own religion and her, becomes this person that people start following and, that is really interesting to me. And um, yeah, so I guess we're going to see. Uh, check in with me on The Sword and Laser. I'm hosting this month. Mallory's actually hosting next month. Uh, co-hosting next I month. I am. Uh, because their host is out um, uh, having a baby. Yeah. They wanna, Veronica's out having a baby. So please, please, uh, yeah, go check that out if you want to hear more Brie and Mallory. Yeah, I am super excited about it. We love Sword and Laser. And I'm interested to see uh, Bria, Bria being a woman on a journey with women on a journey. Yeah, this is exactly my wheelhouse. Uh, what are you reading now? <laughs> I am still trying to read 2020 releases. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this still in December. Uh, and even though, obviously, the books that Mallory's I read Mallory's literally from- holding a book right now and reading while she's doing this. <laughs> Can you imagine if I if I tried to get... Uh, finished it and, and tried to see if I could get it in my in my list for this episode. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Hold on. While we're reading, you're like, wait, wait, sorry, we're doing a we're doing a commercial I actually break. I'm very time. close to being done with this book. I only have a few chapters left. Um but I know, obviously, I know that the books that I read from here on out for the, for the rest of the month will not be making it into my best of list for reading glasses. But I, I had this big stack of books that I really wanted to read uh, that were 2020 releases, and I'm still trying to make my way through. And I mostly picked ones that I thought might be uh, might make it into this episode. I think you were doing the same. I, I, I remember you texting me. You're like, I'm just like going through books and if if I don't think they're going to be the best of the year like I'm putting them right down and pick up the next one like, definitely That's exactly what <laughs> we're just doing. like on a new release tear uh but I uh this book had not been on my radar all year actually but recently I went into um, my local independent bookstore Skylight Books to sign some Lady from the Black Lagoon paperbacks and I saw this there and I remember that Roxanne Gay had just tweeted about it and I was like oh I really want to buy that and I really want to read it I'm just going to see if I can how quickly I can get through it it's called These Women. It's by Ivy Pachota. And it is awesome. It is a, it's a crime thriller uh, and content warnings for almost everything. It's basically like same kind of content warnings as Law & Order SVU. If you are mm-hmm. a Law & Order SVU fan, you will love this book because it's those, it, it's, the story of the serial killer who is picking off women in Southern LA, but it's told entirely from the point of view of the women. So it's told by neighbors and um, one of the mothers of the victims and the sex workers who are who are living and working in the neighborhood. So it's it's amazing because it's a, like a, a crime story, a very classic kind of crime story. You know, a serial killer picking off off women. But it's so different because it's told from the point of view of those women instead of just like, oh, look at all, look at all these victims. And that's why I mean, it's called these women for a reason, because it's told from the point of view of the women that are normally, um, you know, cast aside and kind of and, and not not believed and not regarded. And it's it's wonderful. Again, very dark book content warnings for lots of things. Um, but it is it, it's absolutely fantastic. And I really, really like it. Uh, so that's These Women by Ivy Pachota. And mine is Parable to Sower by Octavia Butler. And we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, like we did last year, Bria created our Glassers Best of 2020 poll. And uh, the results, there were mostly were, we were unsurprised except for one sleeper hit. One sleeper hit. And um, also, uh, just so you know, well, yeah, we are in complete agreement with the results. And I don't know if... We all just have the same taste. I don't know if we recommended these books so much that people read them. I don't know what it is. Or maybe they truly are just the best books of the year. Uh, but Mallory, you want to talk about the one that blew all the others out of the water? Yes. Uh, this is, this is a, we were totally not surprised. I saw a lot of folks talking about this on the Slack channel this year. It's Mexican Gothic. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big, like you said, didn't, it got like way, like way, by almost far the number one. votes as like as every other book. It, um... It blew. It, it totally makes sense, though. I think it's a it's a very contained story, but it, and it's a cool story. And uh, for those who don't know and you haven't read it, um, it is a it is a gothic novel about a girl who uh, um, goes to, she goes to this house. It's like a gothic novel, but it has a different protagonist. It has a Mexican protagonist, and um, that it it is an updated version of a story that we all really like. I think. So yes. Yeah. And the writing is great. We're going to actually talk about it later on in the episode. We're about to spoiler about alert. This. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other big ones were uh, Grady Hendrix's Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Yeah. Another not 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 a surprise. But the third one is a, it's a huge sleeper hit. Yep. 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 It's um 
The House on the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune, a book that Mallory and I both missed. Neither one of us read it this year. We totally missed this. I feel this. like we, we completely failed our bookish community duties <laughs> because people did really like this one. I actually tried to get it from the library because the Glassers were saying they liked it so much, but the wait was like, you know, 10 weeks or something, and I was like, eh, well, I'll just try these other ones first. Uh, so... Yeah, this is, uh, don't sleep on this book. Glassers really love it. Um, we have a couple more that um, got that got a lot of votes that we wanted to give shout outs to. Mallory, you want to talk about them? Um, when We Were Magic, which we also will be talking about in this episode. Uh, Cemetery Boys, which I got to read. I actually did not get to read this book. And I feel like it's one that uh, everyone really liked. I mean, obviously, it was like very, one of the top books. Very buzzy. Um, wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby, mm-hmm. which... Like, you know, we have a lot of love for Samantha Irby and on the I show. And I love that an surprised. essay book made it to the top of the Glasser's lists. This is so amazing. I feel like Wow No Thank You is truly one of the, like, 2020, most 2020 books of the year because Samantha Irby is, like, the queen of sitting at home, sitting on the couch in your sweatpants and feeling angsty about the world. And mm-hmm. she's, like, our patron saint of oh, this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. Such a good book. So good. Uh, spoiler alert, this is not in my top 10, but I'm so glad the Glassers picked it so we could talk about it. <laughs> I yes. loved this book. I just felt like I read a lot of sci-fi books and uh, this got so many shout-outs and obviously everyone loved it. Um, yeah, I think this is a great list. Every, uh, I think we're all, it's interesting how much our, our interests and loves overlap. Fantastic. And also a quick bookmark, uh, Bria's movie is coming out on Blu-ray and you can pre-order it right now. Uh, 12 hour shift is coming out on Blu-ray. One of my top uh, films of the year, but also much more notable people than I decided it was their top films of the year. Uh, it's been on a bunch of best of year, uh, best of lists, including USA Today, uh, said it was one of their top horror films of the year. And if you missed it, you can pre-order the Blu-ray right now. And you know what, y'all? It's not too scary. You can also rent it still. <laughs> it's totally available for rent, but it's not too scary. If you're a scaredy cat, you're, you don't like blood and gore, there's not a ton. You can close your eyes. Uh, my friends from Texas rated it. Not that scary. So um, it's more of a comedy. What did, what did you what did Zane call it? A, a nurse exploitation film. Nurse exploitation film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm going to be releasing some stuff uh, on my own uh, to go along with the DVD or go along with if you just rent it. I'm going to re- release my own commentary and stuff like that. You can just download. So um, yeah, look forward to that stuff on my Instagram. Yeah, and something that I keep forgetting to talk about for some reason, uh, speaking of pre-orders, Lady from the Black Lagoon is coming out in the UK finally. Uh, It's coming out in February, February 2021, uh, and you can pre-order it now. I will put a link in the show notes, um, but I am super excited about it. It's finally, I know a lot of UK readers have gotten in touch with me over the past year and a half wondering when and if it was coming out in the UK, and it is, uh, and it is available for pre-order. The the cover is going to be the same, which I'm very happy about. They decide to keep the cover because the cover is perfect, Um, and yeah, I am so stoked about that. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month and an extra monthly recommendation from me and Bria. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes, and uh, before we, I feel like we need like a little drum roll here, Uh, before we talk about the best books of 2020. We're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by a sponsor that we love, Fortunato Chocolate. Wow. This is some great, great chocolate. And we'll just start off by saying, Glasser approved. The Glassers have started buying the Fortunato number four chocolate and they love it. They're talking about it in the Slack channel. And I personally just bought two more giant bars of it. Very excited. 
It is absolutely delicious chocolate. Since 2008, Fortunato Number no. 4 chocolate has been prized by top chocolatiers, which is a really amazing job, mm-hmm. uh, and pastry chefs and Michelin-starred restaurants. It is made from rare, organically grown heirloom cacao from the jungles of northern Peru and has never been available to the general public until now. Fortunato number no. four is made is made by a family company that has direct relationships with over four hundred farmers, and it's a socially conscious business model that helps farm families earn more. You'll know we talk about this uh, on the show all the time, making sure your dollars go as far as they can. So if you're gonna buy chocolate, buy from a place that has direct relationships with farmers. This is great, and also can I just say, great Christmas gift. Wicked good Christmas gift. If you're looking for something for somebody that, you know, everyone has that that relative that you never know what to get for them. Everybody likes chocolate. This is a fantastic gift. It's available in 36% milk, which we tried. I I ate the entire bar of it. I'm not even a big chocolate bar person, and I ate the entire thing. It was incredible. Um, 47% dark milk and 68% dark, and it's sold in 1.1-pound bars with minimal packaging to keep it affordable and less annoying. Everyone hates when you get a package and there's like 5 million little pieces of plastic and wrappers and things that you have to get through. This is not like that. It is minimal packaging. It is delicious chocolate. It is socially conscious. makes a great gift for you or somebody else. Why not both? And 1.1-pound bars... That's not a normal chocolate bar. That's not the kind you go to the store and get. This is a big ass bar. It's huge. It's huge. It's heavy. It is, I mean, a pound, that's like as big as a book. That's as heavy as a book. It, it is, it's the perfect Get a pound pairing. of book and a pound of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to podcastchocolate.com slash glasses right now to order a gift for somebody in your life, someone, your family, someone you love, or the person that you love the most, yourself. Mm-hmm. Get get yourself a Christmas gift. You have earned it this year. Go to podcastchocolate.com slash glasses. That's podcastchocolate.com slash glasses. Very easy to remember because it's like the three best words. Podcasts, glasses, and chocolate. <laughs> glasses. Glasses. Well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news, we got an expose, and all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, this show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, (laughs) you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. This week, it's one of our favorite episodes of the year. It is one of our most popular episodes of the year. It is the most, clearly, definitely the most fun to do. Uh, We're going to be telling you all about our top reads of 2020. Uh, So, Bria, we were talking the other day about how this year feels like maybe it had more new releases that we loved than normal years. What do you think? You know, you said that and I was like, I don't know. I feel like it didn't. But then I had a lot of trouble limiting this list and this list... There were 10 additional books, at least, that were as good as the 10 I picked. 
There weren't, it wasn't like one, I just like, I was like, well, I already have like this sci-fi, like they're equally as good. So that's what I started thinking is that like, I usually have a lot of books, but there were so many there. I was like, I can make an additional list of the leftover books and it would still be good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. There, I, I just, yeah, I felt the same way. Normally it's pretty, I mean, always there's a book every year that I'm like, okay, this is definitely going to be my top. And then, um, when we make these episodes every year, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I, 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 I feel like it's it's pretty clear which is the other ones are going to be, uh, which of the other ones are going to be on this list. But this year, I mean, I had to like sit down and really uh, scrutinize my book buddy, and because it can it shows me all the five star books that I rated that came out in 2020, and there were so many, and it was it was a battle royale mm-hmm. in the book buddy this year to figure out which one which ones were going to make it, and uh, we also right off the top. We do want to say there were, there's, I think it's four or five books that are on this list that Bria and I shared mm-hmm. and we couldn't, dis, uh, we really, you know, the, we, we had t- trouble deciding not only who was going to talk about what, um, but what we were going to replace them with. So this, uh, it was, I think it's the first time we've ever really had to do that. Yeah. And well, we should start with two that we couldn't decide. We just yes. were like, these are the <laughs> two reading glasses picks of the year because we, both loved them so much. Uh, do you want to talk about the first one, Mallory? And the first one should not be a surprise to listeners because every fucking year yeah. that Paul Tremblay comes out with a book, it's on our best of list. I feel like if you if listeners should just assume that if Paul Tremblay releases a book that year, it's going to be one of our favorites. And uh, this year it was Survivor Song. Uh, Paul's new novel came out in July, I think. Uh, and it is a incredible a horror thriller that was definitely one of the most topical. Uh, so thriller relevant. about two women in, in the middle of a uh, rapidly spreading deadly pandemic. And one of them is pregnant and they're trying to find a place for her to safely give birth to her baby. And the hospitals are overflowing and everything's bonkers. Uh, it's not as much of a flu. It's not like a coronavirus kind of thing, but it was, it's sort of based on rabies. Um, but we both loved it. You know, I have trouble putting Paul Tremblay books down. I think I read this book in two sittings. Yeah. I just, I, I love Paul's writing. I love his horror books. I think he's one of the best horror writers working today. And this book was no different. I just, it was very scary because it was like, there was a scene in the beginning of the book where uh, one of the characters is uh, wiping his steering wheel down with, with an, like an, hand sanitizer. And I was like, oh, this is so real. Yeah, yeah I'm not <laughs> saying like that Paul caused the pandemic, but <laughs> I guess my question is, what did he know that we didn't know? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, there's so many jokes at the beginning of when, when Survivor Song came out and people were like, Paul, wow, the, the viral marketing for Survivor Song is getting a little out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> Glad we can joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we love Survivor Song, but what is, uh, Bria, what's our, the second book that we just couldn't decide and we had to have them be both of our picks? The second, like, Reading Glasses joint pick is uh, Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. Um, it's it's a book that's just made for us. Uh, it's got spooky <laughs> ladies, it's got horror films, it's got ghosts, it's got writers, it's got books. Y'all know you love books about books. Uh, this is this book is basically a wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> it so is, though. <laughs> I listened to it and it was wonderful. I I w- I felt like I was transported, but also like I work in the film industry, and as you know, I'm always very hard on books that take place that have to do with the film industry. And this one really captured it perfectly, and like, but also wasn't like too 
on the nose. Like, I just thought it was really well done. But also, there's a whole... It has multiple storylines. That's another thing that I know Glassers love. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a th- like a thousand pages or something. It's very long. Is it a thousand pages? I don't know. I listen to I th- it. It's like 700 pages. But by the end of it, I was like, I want 700 more pages. I love it. The story's so good. I can't... I, I just... I loved this book. Uh, and yeah, we both did, I was so. blown away. We yeah. were, I was so excited. I like, I, I think when I was reading, I texted it to you. I was like, I think this is like made for us. Yeah. It's like everything that we love in a book. Yeah. And it just, uh, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so those are our two, I guess we just call them the top reading glasses picks of the year. Yeah. Um, but Bria, what is your, what, what is your first pick? Individual picks. We're going to Indiv- individual What is your picks. solo pick? <laughs> first solo pick. So as people know, one of my New Year's resolutions was to read three books of poetry in a year, which I did. Yay, Bria. Uh, but my favorite <laughs> one um, was uh, You Can't Kill Me Twice by Charlene Yee. Um, honestly, um, it would have been my favorite even if I read 100 books of poetry this year. Um, it ha- combines all the things I love. It combines poetry, politics. Like, it's very funny. Uh, and it has drawn pictures, which apparently I've learned is something I super enjoy. I love Bria it. loves a poet slash illustrator. I do, I do. And um, it's very poignant and beautiful. And I... While I was reading it, I kept taking photos of the of the the poetry and sending it to friends because I was like, this reminds me of you. This is something I feel like you need to hear because there's like some motivational stuff in there. I just thought it was like a really, really well done. I read it towards the beginning of the year and it's just really stuck with me. Um, if you're looking to read a book of poetry, uh, I would definitely suggest this one. I thought it was just fantastic. Um, I will say I did. I, I read this after you let me borrow this after uh, after you read it. And I also loved this book. So good. Uh, what is your first pick that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. No, this is not not a surprise. I've been shouting this book from the rooftop since I read it at the, in February when it came out. And I've known since I read it that it was going to be my top of the year. Um, few books came very close, but this nothing topped. Uh, we Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. I'm obsessed with this book. I loved it so, so much. I loved every page. As soon as I read it, I wanted to reread it. Uh, it has witches. It has New England, the era, specifically the area that I grew up in, in the 90s. It has female friendship. It has weird hair, weird giant hair. <laughs> it had everything. It, uh, it It's about a uh, New England girls field hockey team in the 1990s. And they're absolutely fucking terrible until one of the girls may sort, maybe you, you don't find out until later, maybe makes a deal with the devil to make them and sign. They all sign their name and names in this book to make their team better. And the team gets better, but you don't know what is doing it. If it's a supernatural thing or what, and the, all you get the point of views of all the members of the team and the things that they're going through as teenagers. And it's just, I, I, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I want more of this book. I, I, I want to just like start it all over again. Absolutely loved it. Tippity top. And so, and so well-written too. Don't sleep on it. No, if you missed this somehow, if you missed me talking about this book 50 million times this year, still my tippity, tippity top, absolute favorite. Uh, what is your next pick, Bria? Okay, now I'm getting into my very specific awards. Uh, this one is freaked me out, but also, wow, how relevant, uh, horror award, (laughs) um, uh, which is Lakewood by Megan Giddings. Uh, it is one of my top books of the year. It really freaked me out. And I thought it was just a really relevant book. It does the thing that horror does really well, which is it takes something and magnifies it and makes it scary, but also something that's very real and happening right now. Um, it uh, is about a young woman, a young black woman who decides to 
go and take some money from a company to be involved in some medical experiments. Um, and it's, and it's, uh, a, you know, it talk, it's basically about the way the medical world interacted and currently interacts with, uh, with black people's bodies, with poor people's bodies, um, and the way that they think, fuck these people's lives. Uh, obviously, things go horribly wrong. And it's a real slow burn kind of book, but it at first, and it, it just is a very book where I'm like, oh, this could happen. Like, even though it is like science fiction and horror and all these things, it, it is, uh, it just really, I don't know, it really stuck with me. I kept thinking about it. I, I really c- could not put it down because I was like, I gotta see what happens to this lady. Like, I was just like very <laughs> concerned about her. It really haunted me. Um, so yeah, that that's my that's my second pick. Um, what is your second what? pick? I did not read Lakewood, and it's one of the ones that I was like sort of kicking myself for not reading this year. Yeah, I you have time. 2020 over. I was going to say, now uh, now that's what, what December is all about. Uh, my next pick is uh, Things in Jars by Just Kidd. I, I read so much historical fiction this year. And I think... I, I, I think we talked about this on the show. I think it's because I was, I was getting a lot of comfort by reading uh, stories about disasters that happened like a hundred years ago and like people making it through. Cause I was like, Oh, well maybe there's hope for us. Um, and I read, so read a bunch of it and this was definitely my top. Um, and I hate, I hate reading series usually, but when I finished this one, I wanted 10 more books with this main character. I want to know more of her adventures. Uh, it's about a female detective in Victorian England. And she has to solve this weird mystery that involves a, a child that's missing and is possibly supernatural uh, and she's helped along by this like sexy ghost uh, and also her very tall and very strong and very badass maid uh, and the writing is super gorgeous and I just like I fell in love with this book I had so much fun with it and it was just so so lush and so lush lushly written and beautiful and one of those books that you really like kind of get lost in and I, I absolutely adored it um what is your next pick Bria? So I went back and forth with my favorite literary literary fiction of the year. Um, but I wanted one that I felt like I could recommend to anyone. I love that kind of book. So I've been calling this one my the best literary fiction that left me with nostalgia for a world I never knew award. <laughs> um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It is the, the coveted. <laughs> the coveted. The, the well-known, often <laughs> discussed. Um, uh, it's The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel, who I think a lot of people read her first book. Um, this one is not a science fiction book. It is not an apocalyptic book, um, but it's it's great. It has women on journeys, emotional journeys. It's got cool <laughs> locations, which I love. Uh, there's a mystery, but honestly, you don't stick around for the mystery. You stick around for the character and the writing. I mean, the mystery is fine, uh, but you're not like, oh, what happens? You're kind of like, oh, I'm just here along for the ride with these people. It's so beautifully written. Uh, she's just one of the best writers out there right now, and um, I, I could not get enough of it. So, yeah. Glass Hotel. Uh, what is your next pick? Uh, my next pick uh, is a pick that uh, I'm actually glad that we decided to put a, make a Survivor song and Plain Bad Heroines our, our United Reading Glasses pick because it made let me put this book on here. Um, it's a book that I didn't talk about that much this year because I think I read it right when lockdown started. I forget when it came out. It came out sort of, I think in the spring, Uh, but it's The Museum of Wales You'll Never See by A. Kendra Green. And it's a nonfiction book. It's a collection of essays that this this writer, A. Kendra Green, went to Iceland 
to sort of investigate and write about the fact that in Iceland, the ratio of people to museums is like higher than it is anywhere else in the world. There's less than 300,000 people who live on, on Iceland and they have like hundreds and hundreds of these very weird niche museums. Uh, so a, a Kendra Green wanted to go to some of these museums and interview the people who run them and find out how they got started and how they sort of reflect uh, Icelandic culture and the beliefs and the values of the Icelandic people. And I love Iceland. I love weird Iceland museums. When I went, I, I got to go to some of those, the museums that I read about in this collection when I went to Iceland a couple of years ago by a couple, I mean three. Uh, it was wonderful. And especially I, I read this right around the time when we were all realizing, oh, fuck, this is going to be a really long time. I'm not going to travel for a really long time. So it was so wonderful to read a book that take, took place somewhere else in a place that I love, um, all about something that I love. And the writing is wonderful and the museums are so weird. They're like, and not even like normal weird. Like there's the uh, Icelandic penis museum, which obviously is a very strange place. But there was another museum that she went to that was just like a rock museum that a woman had started collecting rocks in her kitchen. And there's just like thousands of rocks now all over her house and her yard that people go to see. And just how that little strange place you know, is a great example of like Icelandic culture and Icelandic beliefs. It's just so, so wonderful. And I adored it. It's a beautiful little book. And I don't remember, I don't think I talked about this when I, when I was reading, when I talked about it on the show before, but all the, the it's printed in green. Like all of the, the words, the type is set in green. Hmm. Uh, so it's just like a beautiful, if you're a print book reader, it's just a beautiful little book. I think it'd make a great gift. Um, I adored it. Uh, what is your next pick, Priya? Um, my next pick award is just YA book, <laughs> my favorite YA book. I just like found my favorite YA book of the year. Um, I will say, I mean, if I was going to get specific, I would say best YA book set in the world of mermaids and sirens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a song below water by Bethany C. Morrow. Uh, I know you've loved uh, this one. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. I love it. It's Mermaids are not my wheelhouse. This is not, I'm, there are people who are just like, I love mermaids and I am like, they're fine. I mean, I like them. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just not drawn to them. Bria's I'm, review of mermaids. Fine. I'm like, <laughs> totally fine. Two legs good as one flip, flipper. I don't know. I have like no <laughs> strong feelings. But this is such a great book that I feel like did a really good job um, of taking, of being an outsider in America today uh, as like an, as a metaphor. Um, and so it's about a young, a teenager who is a siren, but in, in the world that she lives in, you can't tell people you're a siren because they obviously like have a lot of powers and people are scared of them. Um, and she's also black and she's living in Portland. So she already feels like an outsider because there's not, there's not a large black population in Portland. I think there's like five black people who live in Portland, um, Oregon, Oregon. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's fantasy. It's reality. It's a very 2020 book. Um, I also, my mom lives in Portland, so I like Portland based books. Uh, that's something I really enjoy. So also getting to like hear her talk about Portlandy things and thinking about the weather of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and then it's just like such a cool, I don't know. There's some really cool characters in there. Um, it's totally, totally great. Uh, yeah, I love this. 
so our next two picks we've kind of already talked about. Well, should we should we bring them up? Yes, we the, the, these next two picks we, we right off the bat when I was writing the outline for this episode, I texted you and I was like, okay, well we already know these two books are going to be on here. Who's going to get what? Yeah, uh, but they could very easily be swapped. So the first one I'll, I'll talk about. You can talk about the next one. Uh, the first one is also shared with the glasses. It's Mexican Gothic by uh, Silvia Moreno Garcia. It is. One of the best books of the year, easily, it, and it's very much in my wheelhouse. It's a spooky house, historical fiction, plucky female protagonist. It's absolutely amazing. And I, I actually know a bunch of Glassers read this book as part of, as either read a book by a woman of color or uh, read a book that's set in another country. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people read this one because it's set in Mexico. Um, yeah. And I, so I read this book in one sitting on my birthday vacation. I literally just like started it in the morning, got some snacks, and just like read it all day until I was done with it. And I just adored it. Uh, you know, I love a creepy house book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this story fucking delivers. This is yeah. like the creepy house to end all creepy houses. Um, I, it was just so, it, it has the beautiful marriage of like creepy, uh, scary horror story with like, uh, you know, by the, by the end of it, you are rooting for this lady. You want her to just burn everything fucking down. But at the same time, like a really great dialogue with, um, racism and um a lot of the toxic themes that are in older horror about lineages and uh you know purity and there's there's so much uh social commentary about all of that and it's so it's just genius and I I know you loved it too yeah this was uh this is one that Mallory and I knew would be on both of our lists just like this next one which is of course uh Grady Hendrix's The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires uh this book has everything, has everything. <laughs> 90s, suburban housewives, vampires. Uh, I, I think I grew up in, in Texas in the 90s. And so this book really hit home for me because uh, I felt like I related to, I understood the story, I understood the characters. Um, someone called it Still Magnolias meets Dracula, which I think is a perfect description. But I think uh, I, we've already recorded this show once, like we said, and Mallory said something really great last time we recorded this show, uh, which is that it's about a group of women who we don't read about very often, a kind of disenfranchised group of housewives, which people don't think about their stories. They don't think, believe them. They don't listen to them. And that's who this is about. And I think it's a really great story and it has a fucking vampire in it. Um, and it has a book club in it. So many things y'all, y'all like. <laughs> so many things. You know, we love Grady Hendrix here. Yeah, I think I truly think that Grady Hendrix is one of the best male writers writing women today because these these women. So one of the central themes of the book is like, oh, my God, nobody is believing these these women because they're housewives. They're not valuing their stories. They're not valuing their labor, even though these women are working harder than any of their husbands in the book. It's just it's so masterfully written and it's actually it's legitimately scary. This book, there's some scenes in this book that are absolutely fucking terrifying mm-hmm. um so yes those are an, another big uh, two of the other big reading glasses picks for the year um but before we go into the rest of them uh we're going to take a quick break hello there ghouls and gals it is i april wolf i'm here to take you through the twisty scary heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as switchblade sisters The concept is simple. 
I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. <laughs> it's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. And we're back. So, Bria, what is your next pick? So this one I'm calling. Uh, <laughs> hey, this book grossed me out, but also engrossed me. Book. Um, <laughs> hey, it's it's uh, Sin Eater by Megan Campisi. Um, Another one I missed. I, I have this on the on hold at the library though now. This because is so of much this. more of a you book than me book. So it's so weird. It's on my list. I don't read books set in 16th century England. I mean, what am? <laughs> look at me. Am I goth now? Like, what is happening? Uh, I I feel like I, I'm gonna look over and all of a sudden you're gonna be wearing all black. Yeah, and I have black, black lipstick today. on. Uh, Actually, yeah, you are wearing black. I wear black That's today. how it starts. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's gross. Uh, I will let you, warning for gross, warning for like overeating. I mean, like definitely trigger warning for like eating disorder things, I think. But um, it's about a 14 year old girl who becomes a sin eater, which is a real thing um, in this town. But uh, the sin eater, sin eater was kind of this outcast. No one spoke to them until they were dying. And then people would confess their sins to the sin eater. And then the sin eater would eat literally like eat their sins so you know like if you were like i was jealous and like maybe that's bread and uh i was um uh i don't know i told lies it's like a bunch of seeds i don't know like crap like that but it's also like 16th century england food so it's like gross uh <laughs> <laughs> like and uh basically what happens is this girl uh, they uh she's following around this other sin eater whatever and they show up to this place and um there's a deer heart there and the deer heart means that there is murder and um and that's a huge thing so everyone's like oh my god there's a fucking deer heart and first of all they have to eat the deer heart gross uh second of all uh it's it's uh like it, it turns into like this mystery in the middle of this like 16th century england book i just thought this was really genius and i had never read anything like it and i think at the time reading it i was really looking to escape because uh, I was at home, I've been home for a long time, and I was like, this is a world I don't fit into at all. Like, I don't know, I like, don't see myself in any of these characters. I don't know, I don't know this world at all. And so it was just like a really wonderful book. Uh, but I totally encourage it. It was, encourage people to read it, even if it doesn't seem like something you pick up. I, I think it was really good. Um, what's your, what's your next pick, Mallory? Uh, so if you have been listening to the show all year, you know this is my absolute tippity-top favorite nonfiction yeah. book of the year. Yeah. It's uh, Why Fish Don't Exist by Lulu Miller. Uh, this was the book I really needed this year. Um, I think I just did, on a recommendation segment, recommended this book for like, if you're feeling bummed out about 2020, this is the book you need to read. It's uh, part biography and memoir, and I really, really cannot stress enough how highly I recommend going in completely cold. Just know that it's a biography of a long-dead scientist that had some bad ideas and also also a memoir about being queer like that's don't read about who the scientist is don't read about anything else it is just absolutely stunning very uplifting it's a book that really interrogates um traditions and like traditional ideas that that we have and why there are people who still very stubbornly cling to them in the face of everything even when they're very wrong and harmful 
And it just, by the end of this book, I was like, oh my God, I have hope for the world again. It just is so wonderful. I did it on audiobook and I'm glad that I did because it was, it was really well read and just absolutely beautiful. Uh, oh, I was going to say, what is your next pick? But I guess I knew that this book was going to be on here because you've been talking about this all year. Yeah, this is my best cult related witch book of 2020. Uh, which, you know what, honestly, there are a few of those. So let's not like act like that's a random ass category called related <laughs> witch books. Uh, but it's the year of witching by Alexis Henderson. Um, another one from the fucking, like, I don't know. There's not a specific era in this book, but I feel like you've been reading like 1600s. a lot of historical or alt history things. Yeah. Like, sa- like supernatural historic fi- historical fiction. Um, I read this when I went to Bulgaria and it was like the perfect, cause you know, you're like jet lagged and you're like, I'm going to get through a full book today, tonight. Cause like, I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep. And I think that's when I read this. It's about a young girl who is part of this cult. Um, and like her mother has disgraced her, the family in the eyes of the cult member. Um, her mother is no longer alive and she's disgraced the, her, uh, her family, um, so she's like, uh, like tries to uphold every role. She's like really good at that. But then she accidentally, as as you do, finds herself in the forbidden wooded area outside of the cult and meets these goddesses and then finds her mother's diary and realizes, hey, maybe this cult isn't like also not so good after all. Um, maybe she's more powerful than she ever knew, which is like something I love is like, discovering you're more powerful than you ever knew. Yeah, um, that's like a, we- a wheelhouse item for you is women discovering massive powers that they never knew that they had. And sometimes it's just emotional, you know? Sometimes like what emotional powers they have or something or I don't know, but this, but she obviously has some powers. Um, it is great. I, I, again, like not totally my wheelhouse in most ways, but um, I just, I really loved it. And I know I've talked about it a lot this year. Uh, what is your next pick, Mallory? Uh, my next pick, we didn't, we went back and forth on this several times because we were trying to figure out if it was oh, a 2020 yeah. book yeah. or a 2019 book. Yeah. And we figured out what I think happened is it came out in Canada in 2019. It came out in the U.S. in 2020. So we're calling it a 2020 book because I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, and I talked about it a, cu- a couple times on the show already. Uh, it's Empire of Wild by Sherry Demoline. And um, I wanted to thank the the glasser who in our Slack channel pointed out that when the for last time I talked about this book for our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, we, I said that she was a native uh, First Nations writer, uh, but that's not how uh, the author uh, self-identifies. She identifies as a Métis writer. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, so I just want to uh, uh, say that off the top. But Empire of Wild blew me away. I loved it. Very Mallory book. It's a werewolf book. Uh, it is extremely squarely in my wheelhouse. It is about a woman who uh, her husband disappeared almost a year ago and she's like her, she's sort of very in shambles over it. They were very, very much in love until one day she's hung over and going to get a snack at Walmart and sees like a tent revival going on in the Walmart parking lot. And the preacher is her husband, but he doesn't recognize her. Or any, I, I or wish no, I'd read this book. I, this sounds like such something I would enjoy. A Walmart oh, parking you, lot. Lo- God, I love that. I love it all. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great werewolf story. Um, it, the mythology of it is absolutely wonderful. It, it, if you were a werewolf fan or a horror fan at all, absolutely pick this book up. I was totally blown away. I'm going to be reading everything Sherry writes from here on out. She's like a not like one of those authors that like automatic pre-order list for me for sure. Uh, it's just such a great literary horror that goes into her, her own relationships, how she feels about her marriage, and while all and I also 
what I didn't talk about during our Thanksgiving episode when I talked about this is I love it really turned the head turned the trope of like a damsel in distress like completely on its head because it's her going to rescue her husband Mm -hmm. and she has to go rescue him and it's it's so it's such a wonderful story of uh of scary werewolves and uh strong strong women and I I adored it uh what is your next pick well, wouldn't be a realist without a space book. So it's crazy that there's one space book on this list and two like historical and two, fiction and two, books. Two books for goths. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what do us space fans call ourselves? We're I not. No, uh, we're futures. Futures. Future, no, 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 futurists. No, what we don't like dress like in like. <laughs> You know, you don't dress we like don't an dress alien. Like, like, you know, like plastic, shiny, like shiny, shiny silver, yeah, S- shiny silver leggings. <laughs> oh, you know, there are like some space leggings that I see people wear, but I don't, I don't personally own those. Um, you're, a cl- you're a secret space fan. Yes, it's, it's a spoiler. I'm into space. Uh, this is my Hell Yeah Space Award book. Uh, Max Berry put out a new book this year that I didn't get to talk about much on the show. I don't even know if I talked about it on the show, but um, it's called Providence. Um, I love Max Berry. I think he's a really talented writer. He has this great way of taking sci-fi that we sort of know and love and flipping it on its head. Um, and this is about a future in which we're at war with some huge other alien somebody. It's not totally clear, and that's kind of part of, that's the point. Um, and, but AI has made it so that every, there's zero casualties on these ships that are sent out to fight these aliens called Providences. Um, but then, of course, things don't go as planned for the people on board uh, when they're attacked. And uh, basically, they have to come to grips with things about this war that they didn't expect. And it's great. Um, it doesn't even take place on space. There's an alien planet. Get ready for that. Um, and, it, and it's good. And it has really good characters. Um, I loved this. I think I read it so quickly that it kind of like fell between the cracks of reading glasses because I just I just thought it was a really well-written space book. Um, yeah, totally check it out. Max Berry wrote this book a couple years ago called Lexicon that just... If you love words and thinking about word meaning and meaning and stuff, and you love um, science fiction, it's a really good book. Uh, but yeah, this this one I I absolutely adored, and I feel like needs to get more shout outs in the science fiction world. Um, yeah, I don't remember you talking about this at all. At all so I'm yeah. glad that uh, yeah, totally great for this to for sci-fi folks. Uh, what is your next pick? Oh yeah, what's your next pick? This is on like every list right now, and I didn't get a chance yeah. to read it. it. I actually think this just got voted number one book of the year by like the by librarians I, yeah, I think so, yeah. uh, it's definitely my top literary fiction pick of the of the year it's the vanishing half by Britt bennett totally absolutely compelling book true very hard to put down truly incredible characters uh it's a story about two black sisters born in the southern town where everyone is black but they're very light-skinned and they look down on other black people who are not as light-skinned as they are uh and one sister ends up staying in the town and sort of and making her life there um but one the other sister ends up moving out to california and she lives her life as a white woman passing as a white woman and her husband doesn't know her daughter doesn't know um so it's the story of those sisters but also their their kids and and, uh, their families and it's just like if you love a multi-generational saga if you like a family saga book this is for you it is absolutely amazing I also loved her other book um, I think her I think the mothers was on our was on another best reading glasses books I, I will read anything she writes I absolutely adore her um, what is your last pick oh wow last pick can't believe we we have a couple extra categories just so y'all know so stay tuned um, yeah. <laughs> her last pick is probably it's a weirdly personal pick. Um, so it's it's strange that I picked it, but I wanted to do one memoir or nonfiction 
But uh, I did truly love this book. Um, it's called uh, Brother and Sister by Diane Keaton. Uh, Diane Keaton, the actress. Um, weirdly, I have two books by filmmaker actresses on my list this year. Um, it's about her. It's a memoir about her life dealing with her brother who was an alcoholic and had his fair share of mental health issues, uh, including, I can't remember if it's diagnosed or undiagnosed uh, schizophrenia, Um it's a very honest memoir about what it's like to have a family member with problems like this and trigger warnings for uh, 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 sexual violence and things along those lines because uh, sometimes you have family members who have those kinds of fantasies um, and um, then you have to deal with it as their family member. Um, the reason uh, <laughs> that, it, that I picked it up was because I actually know her brother, um, I met her brother cause he lived at a memory care facility with my father. And so I saw that this book came out and I had gotten to know him pretty well and had had lunch with him many times. And, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say too much cause I, I want to protect their privacy, but, um, obviously he's dealing with some memory issues at this point in his life. But, um, uh, but he's, he's really a lovely guy. And then I saw this book came out and I was like, what the guy I know, like, <laughs> and, That's uh, so bonkers. And so I read it. I mean, it was weird. Cause I was like, am I a voyeur right now? Cause I already know this person and I'm like trying to find out more about them. But man, not uh, if it's not like you snuck into Diane Keaton's house though. Like she published a book about uh, it. Spoiler. I also snuck into Diane Keaton's house. Uh, no, I he, <laughs> wearing all those hats. She has <laughs> <laughs> all of her, man. She's a good follow on Instagram, by the way. Uh, uh she has, uh, uh, yeah, she, her clothes, her closet is often on there. It's, it's a really interesting, uh, follow. But I, I, um, I just thought it was a really interesting look at what it's like to be in this position. It's a complicated position to have a family member and like her life ended up going so well. And this family member ended up, you know, obviously, uh, did not go so well. Um, and then she's responsible for him and, um, yeah, it's it's a tough read, but it but it was it's really well written and it really uh, hit home for me. So um, yeah, it's my last pick. What's your last pick, Mallory? Uh, my last pick is sort of out of left field because it came out in January and I just like forgot that this book came oh, out yeah, this yeah, year because yeah. this this year has been a decade. But I'm really happy uh, that I get to talk about it again because I don't think I talked about it since back in January where I talked about it on the top of an episode. Um, it's Creatures by Chrissy Van Meter. Uh, it is just like this wonderful little literary fiction book that's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of sad. And it's about a woman and she's, it's on the eve of her wedding night and uh, her husband is a fisherman and she lives in this like small fish fishing village on on the uh, west coast and he hasn't come home yet where he was supposed to come home from a fishing trip um and she's really panicking about it and at the same time there's this massive dead whale that is uh in their harbor and is clogging up the harbor and um I also you reading her, this you read this at the beginning i remember you talking yeah about it. yeah uh, and it, and also her mother who's sometimes estranged from her and sometimes not is like visiting and she's there for the wedding and it's just like all these things are happening at once and it's uh causing her to sort of, you know, look over her life and look over her choices. And it's this beautiful examination of how the choices that you life that you make in your life might be affected by the things by like your relationship with your parents and things that your parents did. Like one of the the central things that she's interrogating uh, as this is all going on is, okay, well, I'm about to get married 
am I making the choice to get married or what choices am I making in my relationship because my parents got divorced and it was a very bad divorce and I had a bad childhood for, for this and this reason. Um, and it is, it's the writing is so beautiful and it's so, so strange. And it's like, it's such a quick read too. It's not a huge book. It's just like absolutely lovely. It's just like a little gem of, of a, of a weird literary fiction book. And I, I loved it. I'm happy that I got to talk about it. It was one of those things where I was like looking through my book buddy and it was like looking through all my five star books and I was like, oh fuck this book came out in 2020 i completely forgot about it it feels like 10 years ago um but we long year also long year long year uh we decided to do to bring back some uh categories that brie had created for last year's best of 2020 um so we have a couple extra uh, extra categories here uh the first one is best graphic novel bria what is your favorite graphic novel of the year my favorite graphic novel and i'll be real with you i don't Read, I haven't read most graphic novels that I read are always from the year before because my brother gives me a stack of like the best the best ones of the year from the year before and I end up reading those. But this one I really enjoyed. It's called I talked about it on the show. It's called Count Crowley Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter by David um, Dasmalchen. Uh, the art is by Lucas Kettner. Uh, it also has a TV film element, which we've talked about a couple of books that had that this year. Um, it's about a woman who's forced into hosting like a late night sort of midnight movie-esque TV show and then finds out she has to fight monsters. Um, it's funny, but it has like a lot of heart. She is also an alcoholic. She's dealing with a lot of crap. Um, even if though I didn't read that many 2020 comics, I think this would have been my favorite. I think this this one was really cool. I think horror fans will really like it. it it's a super fun book. Um, it's exactly what I wanted from a comic book this year. Uh, yeah, I loved it. What is your favorite graphic novel? Uh, shouldn't be no surprise because I'm very biased. It's Mary by Beer Grant. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, honestly, like this is the kind of book that even if it wasn't written by you, like if somebody came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to read a story about Mary Shelley's descendant who is a monster doctor and uh, a goth girl? I'd be like, oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Extremely Mallory book. And uh, I'm also biased because of the reading glasses jokes in it. Uh, but it's a perfect book, like 10 out of 10. It's the perfect balance of horror and like teen romance and monsters and also like a perfect balance of like a plot that you like you're desperate to know what's happening and what's going on but also characters that you absolutely love and uh, adore and want to see more of them uh i hope a publisher hears this and hires you to write 20 more because i i love this story um i i still think about the a big possum needs a big egg joke like once a day and laugh about it <laughs> i this book made me like laugh out loud it is so funny but also it's just a it's like a perfect graphic novel i ended up reading a shitload of 2020 graphic novels this year probably because my boyfriend is a comics writer and now we have tons of comics in the house um but this was absolutely the top. If you haven't read this yet, please pick it up. It is, it's perfect. Perfect balance yeah, of like horror and funny. And you really nail like all of the characters in it, her family, uh, all the writers in her family, all the monsters. I just love them. So good. Uh, what is our next category? Uh, the next category is uh, best book that you read this year that wasn't released in this year. So best book that you read in 2020 that wasn't released in 2020. Uh, what What is yours, Mallory? 
Oh, actually, that reminds me. I forgot to say, uh, we want to say Sean's 2020 pick. Oh, yeah. uh, His favorite book of the year, which is actually a book that was not released this year. Uh, It is Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. And it was released in 2019. It was, I think, the Booker Award winner for 2019. It is a um, novel that follows the story of these 12 12 different uh, characters we all know that Sean loves the coming of age story mm-hmm. and he adored it. Uh, so that was Sean's favorite pick. Um, but my favorite book that, that I read this year that didn't come out in 2020 is The Year We Fell From Space by A.S. King. Um, I got super obsessed with her after reading Dig, which is her uh, YA book that came out last year. Um, and it was one of my top picks of the year. It was just truly a stunning YA novel. Um, so I started buying more of her books and I, read one of them at the beginning of the year and I was like oh my god this is incredible and my boyfriend also got really obsessed with her so we bought literally her her entire collection everything she's ever written everything she's ever published me and Jeremy bought and are slowly making our way through um and this is the year we fell from space is one of her middle grade books and it's about a young girl she's going through her parents divorce and it's you know obviously messy as divorces are and it and there's also a meteor that she finds in her yard and the meteor talks to her. And it's just, it's a perfect book. I don't know any other middle grade writer or YA writer that can capture the voice of a kid as much as she can. It's just, it's stunning. And all of her books are like that. They are they're like this perfect capturing of a, of a kid's voice, but they all also have like a slight weird supernatural or magical realism element to it that like doesn't take over the story, but it's just like one little weird aspect and it's, absolutely perfect she's definitely one of my new favorite writers and the year we fell from space just like blew me blew me away i think i read it in a day i just couldn't put it down awesome and what was yours what was your book that uh that didn't come out this year but you also loved mine came out 2019 so it's not that old uh but it is mouthful of birds by samantha schweblin uh it, the translator is Megan McDowell from the book I read. Um, we picked one of these short stories for our short story book club, uh, which yeah, we did so on good. Instagram. And it, and it was super fun talking about it with everybody. Every story in this book blew me away. There's one that just starts off with this woman and she's in a wedding dress and she's leaving her wedding and the, and she stops at this gas station or uh, what do you call those? Rest stop. And her husband drops her off. And it's also full of other women with wedding in wedding dresses. And <laughs> she's like, why did my husband leave me here? And it's like these horrifying stories. All of them are so well written. I think she's just like a real, I, I went on a real kick of hers and read all of her books this year um, as well. And so um, it, th- these are not for the timid. They're rough to read, but I really loved it. Um, this book blew me away. Very creative. Um, yeah. Mouthful of birds. Uh, so our next, our final category of uh, of best books is best book that you hope will get adapted mm-hmm. into either a TV series or a, a movie. What is your your book that you hope gets turned turned into something? Well, this category ended up also being like a. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this book and I didn't get to talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> uh, this was a late read. I just did this one, uh, Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. A lot of the glassers recommended it to me. It is great. It's like a mystery for true crime enthusiasts, uh, but which, but it's not pandering at all. It like literally, I think she uses the words murderinos or something in it. And it's not, it's like, you love it. Um, It takes place two storylines, both current day and in the eighties. The current day woman is trying to figure out what happened to her aunt in the eighties. And then you get to follow the aunt in the eighties who was trying to also figure out a mystery. So it's like a mystery and a mystery. Um, 
they all work at the Sundown fucking motel, which let me tell you, don't work there. That's a bad place to work. Um, <laughs> Go somewhere great. else. Work at another hotel. Exactly. What are, you, what are you doing? You should bring this to the ground. Um, it's it's a mystery. It's cool location. It's like it's just really well done. I just really enjoyed it. Um, uh, if you if you like mysteries, this this one was wonderful, um, and it would just make such a good movie because you can go back and forth between the two timelines. Uh, but also, it's a great book. Uh, what is your last? I, one? I saw a lot of glassers talking about the yeah. Sundown Motel yeah. in the um, in the Slack channel. Yeah. Um, my book that I hope really gets adapted is my favorite YA book of the year. It's When We Were Magic by Sarah Gailey. Uh, I think this would make such a great TV series because uh, it's about this group of teenage girls and they're all best friends and um one of something uh, something very awful happens on prom night uh a boy uh that one of the girls is trying to sleep with gets a body part exploded (laughs) and uh because that's the thing is all these girls are magical they all have magical powers and they're still figuring them out and in the process of trying to cover up the murder of this boy and uh and and figure out what to do about it you kind of Sarah examines all their friendships and the power of female friendship and growing up and figuring figuring out their different powers and what they want to do with their lives and who they are. And I just, I, I absolutely loved it. We re- listeners know we're huge Sarah Gailey fans on the show. Um, and I just think this would make such a great series because like they're all cool teenage girls and they wear cool clothes. And the, the way that Sarah wrote their magic manifesting is it like, it looks as if, you know, their, their eyes glow and their hands glow and there's like different glow with different colors. And I just think it would make a, like, I don't know, maybe a great Pandora series directed by Bria Grant. I just, like, <laughs> I, I, I love this book too. I totally agree. Also think it should be directed by. Or Bria not Pandora, Grant. CW, CW series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pandora is the show that you, is the show you direct, <laughs> but I think it would, I think it would make a great teen series on the CW. I just I like. Totally, I totally agree. It's, it's totally designed for that, but also just like a great book. Totally. If you haven't read this one. It was one of our favorites and it's one of the Glasser favorites. So people should pick that up. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. It was like the kind of book that like heals your heart. Like if you're feeling a little like as we all are world weary and sad and have it, you know, general 2020-itis, um, When We Were Magic is definitely a great book to pick up. And I like, uh, by Hollywood. the way, what happens is uh, that we just have too many picks. So we just made extra categories so we could put those picks in those categories. <laughs> true <laughs> there were so many good books this year this was uh well i think um i can't remember if i talked about this on the show um because we this is the second time we've recorded this but i i bought a lot more new releases than i because last year I, I tried to get most of my new releases from the library and this year i bought more of them to support some of the bookstores that needed help this year because of you know 2020 mm-hmm. um so i think i i just had more of them around and obviously we all had more t- I had more time to read personally because I'm fucking home and my book tour got canceled. Um, So I was reading more books um, and um, had more new releases around. So I just think there were in in that combined with the fact that so many good books came out this year. Um, And I think, I mean, I know for you, you got more, more reading in because you did more audio books this year. Yeah, it's true. I did do more audio books. Yeah. Thank you to Libro FM because that's why (laughs) why I ended up doing more because I was like, oh, well. I can. I also kept going back and forth between like I do audiobook and uh, and physical book, and that helped as well. Yeah. So 
just so many, so many great books. Uh, if you didn't participate in the poll and you want to tell us about what your favorite book of 2020 is, please send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We still want to hear it. Uh, we still want to know. Uh, and as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group, Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to buy reading glasses, stickers, tote bags, shirts, other cool stuff. It's in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and you think we're the best of 2020, maybe we're your favorite <laughs> Maybe we're your favorite book podcast of 2020. Who knows? You can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It takes less than a minute. It helps us get more ads. It helps us look cool. There are people who look at podcasts and they look at how many reviews there are. And they, if there's a lot, they're like, oh, wow, maybe I should mm-hmm. listen to this show. Mm-hmm. If you want that to happen to us, Rate and review us on iTunes. It is so, so helpful. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast. I'm back on Twitter, so the Reading Glasses Podcast Twitter account has been resurrected. There's some fun fan art and, and cool stuff that we put on there. Um, on Instagram, we're at Reading Glasses Podcast. And uh, that is never went away. We still post stuff on Instagram. And uh, thanks for, for listening all through 2020. And thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. <laughs>